Hello and welcome to Scopy Radio. My name is Daniel Johansson. And I'm Maureen Smith. And it's... Sounding board? Sounding board. How are you, Mo? You know, I'm alright. Just alright? I am just alright. <laughs> just, just alright. Um, yeah, I, I don't know, should I talk about the work nonsense? Oh my god. Yeah, 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 for sure. So, for those of you keeping track of my, <laughs> of my job, my employment status... So, for the past eight months, actually since, like, about a month into the start of this podcast, I've been working at this cafe down in Wicker Park. Uh, I got promoted to manager, like, over the summer, and I was pretty happy there. Um, I interviewed at another place that's closer by. My boss at the current cafe found out about it. And I was basically pressured into putting in my two weeks notice. And then she didn't let me finish out the two weeks. So now I'm just kind of flying free and easy. But, 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 but. New job. You have Mm -hmm. five minutes away from the apartment. You are designing the coffee menu. Mm -hmm. And, like, you are, like, it's such a better fit. It's, like, not run by rich white people. It's, mm-hmm. like, two... Uh, are they both Vietnamese women? They are Vietnamese sisters. Their parents yeah. own Cafe Huang in uh, Little Vietnam, right off the Argyle Red Line stop. Mm-hmm. Um, and they were raised in that restaurant. And they... So they grew up in this neighborhood in Andersonville. And they were, like... Or, like, uptown, I guess. They probably live they, in... Uptown. Yeah. Um, but then... Um, you know, they're, they are around my age now, and they're like, why isn't there a coffee shop in this neighborhood? So they opened one. Yeah. And that's that's my new job. They open sometime, possibly next week. Mm-hmm. Well, Just, and I'm, I'm excited for you, especially, like, it's good for me to live vicariously through you having real jobs as I've just gone through a month of just making an income from freelance and just the, like, giant... Uh, weight that it's put on my self-esteem. <laughs> you want to talk about a self-esteem fuck? Being 27 and being booted from cafe to cafe. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, like, it sound, It seems like every position that you get is getting better and better, you know? That is true. Yeah. That is definitely true. Yeah. Sorry, I'm gonna... Yeah, I... I had a really great work weekend until the weekend ended and i had to like take doing freelance recording work is a weird thing where you're there's like two stages there's the like let's gather all of these file stages especially when you do a few gigs in a row like immediately after the other um and then there's the like okay now let's see what we actually got stage and so today is monday and so i've been dealing with that today and i had my first ever I don't mind talking about this in the show. Uh, my first ever, like, oh, I, I don't have the files <laughs> experience. And I'm just feeling really, like, I don't know, like, why am I doing this? Like, what is the, like, where, why is this my main source of income right now? Like, why isn't Scopy my dream? And, like, like, 
yeah, I'm like really glad to be able to do audition recordings for folks. But I'm just really tired. Yeah. All the time. Well, and I mean, I what I what I think the thing is you're good at it. And it's what no, 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 hear me out. Yeah. You're good at it. Um, but it's not necessarily like the thing that you're that excites you. <laughs> No, and I, I, I mean, I actually, it's, you know, it's, I like getting to hear everyone. That's exciting to me. There are a lot of folks that, uh, that I get to then hear from doing recordings as often as I do. And I get to see stuff and afford to see stuff. That's really cool. That is, that is a definite plus. Uh, like getting to go to, I've, there's a lot of shows that I wouldn't have seen if it had not been for that. Um, uh, but I mean, it's just, it's hard and it's hard as a, as an, uh, self-employed freelance. It's just, well, and I know that you, I know that the other thing you enjoy about it is the, um, is the fact that because your prices are pretty low, like being able to be an affordable option for singers who need to do this. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, and then it, you know, the thing is, though, like, and obviously, like, I talk on the show all the time about how, like, I'm just a big ol' socialist, and, like, I think that we should just guillotine the Republicans, but, like... Did you say guillotine? Don't say guillotine. That's guillotine? Like the, yeah, it's guillotine. Anyway, uh, I, but I, my point being here is that, like, we do live in a capitalist society. And, like, as much as I want to, like, live to my ideals of, like, not charging artists too much, like, I don't make enough money to live. Yeah. And I, and I'm, I do pretty well. And, and even when, you know, I was, uh, working for a recording company uh and and saw what a, a bigger entity on that in that field can do uh it's just not i i don't know I, I think that a lot of these things like we really need a better system of funding artists and i think that's what's kind of really drawn me if if anyone was ever interested in in how some dude who was uh train a trained opera singer journalist type writer whatever bullshit that i did english lit class taking person got into socialism which like of course i did because like you know liberal arts bullshit but I, like the, the main thing for me is just like i there are just so many creative folks so many talented folks that just can't afford rent yeah and it's like so many folks that if if uh if like they just had if they're like housing was subsidized or like there was some level of like expanded welfare like or or i don't know like however that's gonna look universal basic income wh whatever like there is worse there's so much more art that could be made and and the fact of the matter is like the way that the world is structured right now there's just is not like the funding is just not there where it, where it should be and you know, I'm I'm sure at this point I'm preaching to the choir of folks that feel like they're. <laughs> I like how you're holding Moody straight up to the mic, and she's just like, I hate this. <laughs> she's she's making uh -oh. the, she's making noises into the yeah. mic. 
Anyway, <laughs> so I, I guess I'm I'm complaining now on my own podcast on an episode devoted to just us talking, but I don't know. I mean, I, maybe there are people out there that feel similarly to the way I do. Um, can do you, you want to do? Can you still hear Moody on the mic? Yes, definitely. Do you want to do any? Is there any like housekeeping stuff? Like, is that even a weird? Is that a weird transition to do from us talking about? I don't know. Um, I, I, speaking of like employment and things that we are, um, offering, you know, there's the frustration of not having enough money. Um, we've got some cool opportunities for folks who are looking to make money. I think it'd be a good time to talk about that. Yeah. Uh, we have a few folks that are helping us out with, uh, I want to do a thing where we basically text archive all of our podcast episodes. Obviously not the ones where it's just us talking or even the QIOs, but a lot of our interviews. For those of you that have been listening for a while, you know that you know we've interviewed pretty much everybody under the sun. And we want to interview them all again and, and get other, other people that we haven't reached yet. But, but, you know, we basically have 150 episodes of backlogs and archival material of just folks talking about the art they've made and you know we could do all kinds of things with that and you know uh, getting transcriptions of those things to create articles that we can be putting up on our site that we can you know first off that we can drive traffic through but also we can spotlight the folks that we've already talked to um that's a big project we're working on right now and um that is goes hand in hand with um with our uh push to also be publishing articles about current events um we we also are speaking of website traffic. We are building up a small sales team. Yeah. Um, we are we're currently retooling our web website, which is going to offer a lot of real estate for advertising. And so what we're doing is um, Daniel, myself, and also Emma Cox are creating a media kit. Um, as well as our um, graphic designer, the amazing mm-hmm. Zach Harris, um, we're gonna be um, we're gonna be uh, putting together putting together a media kit so that um, small businesses in the area and actually up in Milwaukee as well can um, find out all get all the information that they need about advertising with us, which I think is. Um, going to be a really cool opportunity not only for them but for us and for people who sell because although we're not offering a base pay we're offering a real a pretty generous commission i think yeah. i think we settled on 20 percent. is that i mean it's that's basically so the way that we've been we've decided to structure this is that that's maureen's department and my department is content management yeah so if you're if you are a sales-minded individual and you are interested in you know, at some of these some of these spots on the website are going for five hundred dollars. So that means that if you sell one five hundred dollars spot, you get a hundred bucks. Yeah, so it's that's a, pretty fucking sweet. Which is a pretty good deal. And um, and the thing is, like, the way that the uh, the magazine is right now, the money that we're getting that's going straight to the transcription efforts and straight to the article writing efforts, straight to like we just uh, we just hired a. Um, local journalists to cover the Second City Workers Union organize, or, uh, press rally and organizing. Right. And so, like, you know, we're on the pulse. It's just a matter of, like... It's also going point, straight resources. to paying Zach. Yeah. <laughs> so that we can have the real estate, the beautiful, beautiful real estate and the incredible 
incredible new branding that we're going to have, the awesome imagery. Um, so it's like, not only is it going to be helpful to us, it's also going to be helpful to everyone. Yeah. So yeah, get in touch with me if you're a person who is good at talking to people and who's also looking to make some relatively easy money. Because mm-hmm. um, right now, I don't think that we're putting a cap on that commission. Damn. Yeah. So damn, like, damn, damn, damn. Just so like, and also like, we're me and I'm, me and Emma Cox are coming up with like a really lengthy list of leads. Mm-hmm. So you barely have to do any work to make kind of a lot of money. Yeah. Uh, the leads that they, because the, I mean, obviously I see everything. Like they're, I mean, you know, if you know Maureen and you know Emma Cox, like you know that these folks are people that are extremely uh, fastidious and and uh, <laughs> extensive in uh, in thinking about uh, you know the different kinds of people that oh, we Moody's are in fucking with the mixer. With. I mean, I think it's gonna. Is she like directly? She's like around the power button. No, oh, no, she's not. Yeah, no, the power button's up here. Okay, good. Um, yeah. Uh, that's. I feel like that's pretty good housekeeping talk. Yeah. I want to get into some meat and potatoes. Something we can both get fired up about. Um, I really know. Want to talk about all the nonsense we bought at Trader Joe's today? <laughs> Because I can burn pretty fired up about yeah. that. <laughs> yeah. Um, so we went. We. I don't know what <laughs> happened today. Because, like, we went off the deep end. I think I made a bunch of money this weekend, and Maureen, I don't know. I'm just. I'm just feeling. I, I needed some. I guess I needed some retail therapy. Well, and not that we like. Because, you know. <laughs> No, I, I mean, think all told, we spent like eighty bucks, but like we got the Impossible Burger first off. At, disappointing. We went down to Kuma's, and you know, obviously we're vegan. So if you, if you're uh, if if that if the fact that we've admitted that we're vegan is has like turned you off to the fact that we put out a great podcast, then all right, whatever. But anyway, so we went to the, to, uh, to over to Kuma's and we got the new Impossible Burger. First off. Love the establishment of Kumas as a concept. I think it's super cool that they're like this really heavy into uh, specifically like uh, highlighting the niche scene of metal music. Um, their whole thing is that they name all of their burgers after different bands. Dope as fuck. Really cool idea. Um, but the burger. The burger, though. We'd bought the... Uh, Beyond Burger. Yeah, somewhere... Um, it was on sale for like you know it was something like it was cheap too it was like five dollars for them. No, I think that it was it was on sale for like four dollars. They're originally like six dollars. Something ridiculous. Um, and I remember like thinking like okay, it kind of tastes a little like cat food, but the whole plant based heme thing is definitely an interesting like scientific discovery. We bought them once and never got them again because I much prefer black bean patties because first off they're way more affordable and they end up tasting better and if you know what you're doing if you know how to work uh like a stove and you know how to make a like a smash burger like a flat burger um a black bean burger tastes just as good to me um to but i mean you know i haven't had beef in fucking three or four years four years so i mean like i don't really know how what but you know for me the black bean burger is fine but so anyway so we we had the the um but we went to, we had the Beyond Burger. The Impossible Burger, I guess, is a different thing entirely, though. So we went to Kuma's to try it. It was overcooked, for one thing, 
Which, because, like, the whole point is... Is that it, it, quote, bleeds. Right. So it's like, the whole thing is that you don't want it to be well done in the middle. That's actually... I've been eating four years and I I know how to cook a goddamn burger. So here's... So actually, I talked to a woman at work, like, a week and a half ago about this. Yeah. She said that she had just gone to M Burger. I guess M Burger has it, too. They do that, too, yeah. And... She was like, yeah, I just had the Impossible Burger. And I was like, no way, I'm vegan. How was it? I haven't had it yet. And yeah. she was like, they overcooked it. Well, I, I, I don't I, understand. And I don't understand why. And on what's weird is that on the Kuma's menu, it says, like, do you want your burger medium rare? and Or do you want it medium? Or do you want it medium well? Or do you want it well? Like, they're very explicit about the definitions. They, they punch down on uh, the idea of getting it well. They're like, if it's well, it's burnt. Yeah. Well, and it's it wasn't well. It was medium well. What we had? Yeah, we had yeah. it medium well, where there was no pink in the middle. Yeah. Um, But, like, I don't know. I, I feel like... And if you put... Ch- They've been the vegan cheese, which, like, I'm not saying everybody has to go spring for the fanciest vegan cheese. I don't even do that all the time. Most of the time. I, I do like to try and get the fr- the nice vegan cheese when I can, when we can afford it. Um, but if you're just going to put Daya on it, Daya is, like, the craft of vegan cheeses. And it's, like, weird taste. Sorry. That was you? That was me. Oh, I, I always assume... I think one time we were recording a sounding board... And like we were getting really fired up, and somebody like yelled directly outside because I think we were like talking about Trump or something like that. Oh yeah. And someone was like, "Fuck you." Oh, um, I don't think it was at us. I mean, who knows? Uh, who knows? Maybe, who knows? maybe some crazed Trump supporter is just putting his ear to the window of every Andersonville apartment, yeah. listening for anti-Trump talk, and then yep. screaming "fuck you" into the window, and he hears it. Yep. I'm saying he because it's a man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Every Trump. I'm assuming. Is a man. I'm assuming his gender because he's because he's a man. He, yeah. Like, come except, on. Yeah. I know. I know some female Trump supporters. No, I was actually just gonna say that one of um my friends from the uh, the criticism in a changing America thing just shared a shared a post about how uh <sighs> like ninety four percent of um black women voted for uh democrats where like 27 percent or something like that of white women voted for uh, democrats really in this election in the virginia election oh well, i mean the virginia election i mean but you know there there was a bunch of other statistics going around too specifically related to the 2016 election Come on, white women. Oh, I do better. Before we get into, because this is a super great segue into the other thing that I know that we really wanted to talk about. Before we do that, I wanted to shout out the Kuma's condiments. Oh my God. They had a garlic aioli, Mm. which, like, vegan vegan garlic garlic aioli, get the fuck at me. Mm. Ugh, could bathe in that shit. The avocado mash. The avocado mash, so smart. And then to me, what was the crown jewel? Was the cherry tomato jam? Mm-hmm. That was some bomb. Yep, wrap me up in it. Bury me in cherry tomato jam. And you know, I don't. I'm not a big fan of tomato jams normally. I die young. You know, bury me in cherry tomato jam. <laughs> That's the song, huh? 
Do you know that song? I not don't. not the, it's oh my god. There's this terrible song. The reason that I remember it is that it came out the summer that my dad died and it bummed me wow, out. Bummer. No. Yeah. <laughs> Total downer. Wow. Talking about cherry tomato jam and then just sprinkling in dead dad shit, homo. Yeah. Sorry. Um No, it's No, the summer it's okay. the summer I, that my no, chill. The summer that my dad died, this song was very popular on the radio and it was If I die young, bury me in summer, which like I was like I'm not here for this song. <laughs> Bad timing. <laughs> Take me to a river. I think when we first met you told me, like, in the first couple weeks that we met, you told me about how your dad had died. And um, I, and I, yeah, I have no chill. <laughs> yeah, no, none. And I remember uh, I remember you were like, yeah. And I just hate the way that no one, uh, everyone gets uncomfortable when I make jokes about it. And I, <laughs> and I just remember thinking, like, oh, man, there, there was actually a level of me that I was like, Okay, I really want her to think I'm cool, so like I'm gonna make sh- a point to like laugh at all of her dead dad jokes. Oh, that was not my best. That's not my best look. No, I think it's. I think it's <laughs> obviously. What do you mean it's not your best? That's like your privilege to to insist. Your that dad people... is the one that's dead. Like, no, but to insist not... that people laugh at all of the dead dad jokes I make. I think that's it's because like, I... you know what that you know what the first like comparison that came to mind is like that's that to me is like child king behavior where like there's just <laughs> allow me to explain myself. Yeah, that I think where... is the call. I so... think that's explaining yourself. On this. No, like where there's a precedent of like where like I'm I'm like a tempestuous, like like easily easily frustrated like child monarch <laughs> where like where there's just like a general consensus in the court that when when King Billy makes a makes a joke that everyone in the court has to laugh and like if you don't laugh then you'll be guillotined. <laughs> Like, for some reason, like, I'm going to make a point to laugh at all of her dead dad jokes. Can I mention that that's the second time we've mentioned guillotines? And if there is anyone listening that owns a guillotine uh, production company, I will gladly take that sponsorship. I would gladly welcome a guillotine sponsor. I think, though, that I will bring up guillotines so often. I think, though, that it's worth mentioning that it is the second time that guillotines have been mentioned the first time that it's been pronounced correctly. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. So maybe hold off on that guillotine sponsorship yeah. until until one of us can figure out how to pronounce guillotine. Maybe Jeb's guillotine. Jeb. <laughs> Jeb Bush. <laughs> Clap, please. <laughs> Have you seen that video? Where- no. Socialists love Jeb Bush for some reason. Why? I don't know why. I-, I think it's just funny. I think it's... There was, like, just a lot of... I think when that whole 2016 election was happening, it was really satisfying to follow the Jeb Bush campaign because he was just so terrible. And, like, not... he He's not terrible, but just the, like, there was just no energy around the campaign. And he was just, like, completely running off of, like, nepotism. And, I don't know, sunshine from Florida. Ne- nepotism and his... Hispanic wife. <laughs> yeah. God. Um, 
anyway. Sorry. No. I feel unkind. You're fine. Uh, Do you want to finish up your thoughts on uh, Child King and... and, uh, Did I lose you to your phone? Yeah. I posted a picture... Um, of a side by side of a of a picture of myself from six years ago next to one of the pictures that I took with Caitlin Miller mm-hmm. from Ruby Images, which by shout the way, out Caitlin shout Miller. out Caitlin Miller. Um, and I meant it to be a joke because <laughs> in the one from six years ago, I'm wearing like a scarf like uh, draped around my shoulders <laughs> and I'm wearing slippers in it. Like it was a it was the end of a shoot that I had done with my friend Lindsay. And I was like, my feet hurt. I'm done wearing heels. Can I just wear my slippers? And then she took a picture of me in my slippers, and it popped up on my time hop. And like, it looks very similar to the to one of the pictures <laughs> that Caitlin took of me. So I posted it side by side, being like, "Be honest, which one's better?" Thinking that everyone would understand that I was kidding. And now people are commenting, being like, "Why are you wearing slippers in that one?" I'm like, "Cause you're dumb." Cause you're dumb. Cause I hate you. Remember like, that time we ran into Caitlin Miller at uh, at SmackDab? That was awesome. Can I say, if SmackDab is listening, you should reach out to Marissa and Caitlin because I believe that whatever they're doing, they would love a SmackDab sponsorship. Yeah, for real. I like how now I'm now I'm not only just trying to get sponsors for us, I'm also trying to get sponsors for other people. Now, what would? SmackDab be sponsoring precisely. I mean, I know that they, I know that they create art, but I mean, what in what infrastructure? I mean, Caitlyn obviously. Well, so if I were to plan Caitlyn's career for her as a man, oh, I'm gonna specific. What's the timestamp? <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm so that was a weird joke. I, like, I'm gonna tell. Caitlin well, here's at. here's what I do. Timestamp twenty three minutes. Daniel, tell. Am I right? Twenty six, twenty six. I've got a pretty good handle on how long we've been talking. She deserves to be able to just shoot whoever she wants with a gun. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, I, I think that I think that uh, you know, um, I, this honestly it comes to the same way where I wish I could take on more recording projects of just folks that I want to record, you know? Mm-hmm. But the reality is, is like, as a freelance media creator, you, uh, you know, you take it, you get it where the money's good. And, and, and not to say that, like, you know, the folks that I'm working with now, like, I'm glad to be doing it, but I, I just, there are a lot of folks that, you know, can't afford to, to no, do it. And, no, and, you've been really lucky as a freelancer to be working with some, like, really fabulous performers. For sure. Like, there hasn't, like, of the recordings that I've been privy to listen to, I'm, I'm always like, I'm always like, damn, get it, yeah. everyone. Get it. Get it. For real. <clears throat> get it. Um, yeah. Uh... Do you want to... The thing that I love, and this we haven't had a moment like this in a couple minutes, but the thing that I love about this podcast episode is that it's just like the subtext of how many things can we say that we really shouldn't say on the podcast. We've got back and deleted a bunch of shit. Like at least four times. There's just there's so many things where it's like, that's not... We're not gonna... Like the, this isn't a thing that... I wish that... I wish y'all could hear the... I mean, if you know us, then, you know, fill in the blanks. 
take mm-hmm. a take any thread that we've had in the last 25 minutes and, and extend it for another minute and imagine that <laughs> imagine the thing that like yeah punchy punchy I maureen. insulted a corporation <laughs> maureen punched somebody <laughs> what's the other what what else is like you know things that didn't happen in this episode but like we would do um I like really cuttingly insulted someone. Me. Yeah. <laughs> that was not. I'm sorry. I'm very happy with our relationship. That is not me making a weird. You know what? Now's the time. Now that we're on 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 air, I, I Hit, I'm... record. <laughs> Mics are rolling. Yeah. Let's hash it out. Yeah. Right. You're mean to me, Maureen. Why can't be so mean? Why can't be so mean, Maureen? Um, okay, let's, it's, we're about to hit 30 minutes, and so I think that now is a good time to get into something with some meat on its bones. We never talked about what we bought at Trader Joe's. Okay, we'll give it, we'll give, we can do that for a minute. Okay. Uh, five different types of dark chocolate, because they were like $1.50 each, and at one point, Maureen, the, okay, so we got into the place, one of the first things I saw was they have, right in the front, they have all those flowers, and I was like, you know what? I want flowers. So we bought flowers. Little, you know, little perennials. They're like $2 or whatever. It was nice. Mm, you know. Little, uh, little, little flower. Little uh, flower thing. You know? <clears throat> yeah. Little flowers in there. Um, and, you know, and then we kind of walked around, got like some vegan bullshit, some soy chorizo, some vegan cheese. And, cream know, cheese. Cream cheese. Bullshit, bullshit. Then, um, I'm trying to remember where the, tor- the turning point was. Because there was a point where... Oh, what was the thing? There was one thing that you were like, fuck it. <laughs> um, I don't remember. The candle. The candle that we're currently burning. <laughs> the candle that we're currently burning. The, Trader Joe's for the holiday season has a, I'm reading it, a cedar balsam scented candle, hand poured candle made with a natural coconut, natural coconut soy wax blend. Mixed with aromatic notes of warm cedar wood and sweet balsam. Lead free. Thank yeah. God. Yeah. You know. Wait a minute. Do a bunch of candles have lead in them? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if they because it's not it's not like that was a hidden thing. That was part of the description. Like there's the like the main description. I'm gonna tell you what I'm gonna Google right now. Lead. <laughs> Poisoning and candles. No, 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 no. Do a bunch of candles <laughs> have lead in them? Let's see what let's see what Google has to say. You know what's great when you're doing a Google search using the internet is putting that right that phone right up to the mic so that the uh, mm-hmm. the internet to prove that I'm googling it. Yeah, right. Um, apparently it's in the wicks. There's lead in candle wicks. Wow. I like how this podcast is just a series of us Googling things. So anyway, so I saw the candles and I was like, oh, you know what? This Trader Joe's trip would be perfect to do. Buy bullshit. Because like, when do you get to buy bullshit that's at least decent quality? And like, don't get me wrong. Like, I I think that Trader Joe's is kind of bougie bullshit. And especially we were in the fucking Lincoln Park one because we were down by Kuma's. Oh, God. And and it's just like, I said, I I was like, made the weirdest joke where I was like, I'm just so impressed that they keep this place so white because it was it was like starkly so there was like there was was one black person. and She was working there. 
there was one Asian lady who was shopping, and I was like, go get them. Yeah. Go get them. Besides that, it was like packed with people buying cinnamon brooms. What the fuck is a cinnamon broom? I had I'll to like you, yeah. I had to like prevent no at one no as a as a mark of of the <clears throat> mindset shift from beginning of shopping trip to end of shopping trip. At the beginning of the shopping trip, we were making fun of the cinnamon broom, and then as we were approaching the checkout counter, you picked up a cinnamon broom to bring with you, and I was like, "Fucking no, <laughs> we're not buying a damn cinnamon broom." I really wanted to see what the cats would do with a cinnamon broom. They would eat it. Yeah. They would eat it, and then Moody would barf. Yeah. <laughs> that I don't need to bring home a cinnamon broom to know that. Yeah, that's legit. So anyway, <laughs> so yeah, we left Trader Joe's with a candle, a bunch of chocolates. What else did we get? We didn't get the pumpkin body but butter. We did not. No. Nor did soap, we. Though. Nor did we get the um, marzipan cake. Yeah, we could have though. We could have. I chose to put it back. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> we did get two kinds of vegan marshmallows. <laughs> yeah, we did. Yeah, we did. Um, what else? All did we told, get? we really didn't spend that much though. No, we got a lot of bullshit for not a lot of money. Yeah. We got up to the register and I was like, "This is gonna be like a hundred dollars," and it was not a hundred dollars. Yeah. It was. It was a lot less than a hundred dollars. Okay. Cool. Meat and potatoes. Meat and potatoes. So I have, like, kind of two angles that I know I want to take this conversation at. Okay. Uh, the first is, I think, my my premise mm. that... Uh, it's basically two of my premises. <clears throat> I'm going to state them both. And then I think how we should do this is you pick it, pick one, and we'll get around to the other one. And I, But I want to hear kind of, like, your take. Okay. And so the first one is... That I think that the future of progressive politics is a hand-in-hand movement of identity politics and socialism. That is my my genuine belief that you cannot have one without the other. And any uh, any uh, not any. I mean, I think there are legitimate critiques to either side, but any but most uh, folks being like. Oh, socialists are mostly men, and most socialists being like identity politics don't care enough about policy. That's so, the that's the kind of infighting that is both potentially productive, but also divisive and sectarian and trashy. So, before I give you my take on this, I would like, for the purposes of this conversation, and also the fact that we are independent media and therefore trying to inform our listeners, what is your definition of it, of Identity politics. Identity. That's great. Thank you. Identity politics is the idea that our governing bodies should have a uh, variety of representation as far as identities are concerned. So what that means is race, gender identity, uh, sexual orientation. um, uh, Did I, did I, I missed something. What did I miss? Race, gender, sexual orientation, Trans cis, uh, I mean gen- gender identity, right? Reli- it, religion, religion. Yeah, um, I feel like inclusivity is a hard thing because really, what it is is you you just want to get everyone involved. That's really what it is. So so if I'm missing something, it's it's because it's not I'm, of my limited scope as a white straight cis man, <clears throat> not not for uh, my lack of belief in in making sure to include. As He's many not folks secretly ist. 
you know, blankist. Which, which, you know something? If you have thought that about me, that's a fucking legitimate critique because there are a lot of white, white, straight, cis, male feminists that are fucking trash humans and, like, let's gut them. <laughs> yeah. No, genuinely, here's something that I would like is that is if there is a, if there is an issue that you think that we're bad on, we want to know about it. For sure. Because, um... It's really important to me, and I'm assuming it's important to Daniel, that we are as inclusive as possible mm-hmm. um, <clears throat> because it is, you know, it, it's important to me in the way that I live my life. And because that's the way I want to live my life, it is how I want to be portrayed in this on this platform. Mm-hmm. So please let us know if there's anything that, we, that you're like, damn, they're really shit yeah. when it comes to this. So, yes. Uh, so that, that's my first take. And that, I think, is deeply related to the current elections, uh, the national elections. Um, well, and yeah. I, and I, I want to hit that no matter what. But the other thing I really want to talk about, uh, um, and tell me if this is a thing that we're also potentially cutting from the episode, <laughs> but I, I think it's the <laughs> idea, my, my thinking that disagreeing in public is actually good. Okay. Yeah. Um <clears throat> honestly, I think that addressing the first thing first could be pretty quick just because like well, I it's um the thing that's that with that topic's well, you should just talk, I'm sorry. <laughs> Were you about to explain to me how that topic was not more? Well, no, I I want <laughs> no, you should no. talk. Yeah, you okay. should talk. <clears throat> um so your your the first thing was that the future of a successfully run progressive government is one that is identity politics and socialism that are working together mm-hmm. hand in hand. Okay. Um, I would, I mean, as a person who believes that socialist ideals are really good and as a person who believes very strongly that identity, that, you know, represent representation of all sorts of folks is very important especially in our government since our government is supposed you know represents us and us there are a bunch of different kinds of us Mm -hmm. um you know i i agree with that sentiment um i think it was i think and i think that judging by the really positive reaction from pretty much Every, you know, everyone with left-leaning politics, you know, if give it, you know, be it those who really strongly supported Hillary to people who are, you know, left of Hillary, everyone, you know, from center left to crazy radical left was pretty happy with the results of these, you know, these couple of elections mm-hmm. this year. Um, and I think that that's really important because in the last year center left and left left have not really agreed on much no but they did agree that the outcome of this election was positive mm-hmm. so i think that moving forward having a really good mix of people getting elected to office such that everyone's views are represented i think that's really positive i agree yeah, and and so the reason the the I I do think we can really kind of unpack a little more this thought because I think that 
um, what it what my point here really is is um, <coughs> there needs to be a coalition. And I don't think that, you know, it has to be uh, leftists saying that the center left is always right because they're not. And I don't think that it needs to be the center left uh, completely cowtailing to, um, you know, socialists because that's uh, probably not ideal either. Um, but, but uh, you know, a lot of the idea that um, the left at large, uh, um, that identity politics and socialism cannot get along... Uh, is very sectarian and is very reminiscent of um, of the 2016 Democratic primary. And I'm, you know, I don't love the idea of relitigating it. And in fact, my point here is that I think the idea that we relitigate the 2016 primary in a lens that that promotes the idea that um, identity politics and socialism can can't get along um, is is really problematic. Because, you know, I think the the biggest, like, if you look at the critiques from either side, you know, for socialists, when socialists critique identity politics, uh, it's, you know, one of the stronger, one of the stronger, one of the prevailing uh, rhetoric things, and this isn't something that I necessarily agree with, <laughs> but is the idea that um, Hillary Clinton's campaign uh, was purely identity politics and was lacking in policy and i know that there are a lot of people that uh that have done a lot of research on where hillary clinton has stand over the years and her voting record and all that stuff and um and i i i I recognize that the idea that hillary clinton's campaign was uh purely an identity politics gambit um is uh is lacking in that in that way um but the idea being that uh, a lot of the energy in her campaign was just on the idea that we need to elect a woman, um, but that it, it potentially didn't consider policy. That that what I'm what I'm saying right now is what the argument is, not not any kind of definitive statement on on the on the, what that actually. Yeah, means. I was gonna say that's gonna get us a lot of shit. For <laughs> sure. Well, I, and, and so I'm interested in. I'm very interested in hearing what folks think about that. Um, but that incredibly divisive statement. Well, well, I, well I, <laughs> I don't want to go. I don't want to relitigate the the 2016 election, but uh, I don't. Th- <laughs> but uh, a lot of people on the left <laughs> think that Clinton's policies were pretty shit, but she was a woman. <laughs> well. <laughs> I, and I, God, and I'm, I recognize what that sounds like, and I'm really. It sorry. sounded like what I just said. I, I know, but I'm just saying, like. <laughs> but okay, so, and then let's go to the other end of this, right? And especially as a man who uh, I deems himself a socialist, like there is a lot of not listening to women and not listening to the nuanced takes of women. Um, but in the same way that uh, Hillary's Clinton's policy, Hillary Clinton's policies and like the the depth of them was not represented because she is a woman, and so we 
fit her into this box of identity politics just being a campaign that uh, that is just running on a on the idea of I'm saying that we as a media we as a public forced her into the box of just running on the idea that she is a woman I think that we've also forced the idea that socialism is just white men because that is also not true the most some of the most uh, nuanced uh, uh, like thoughtful um, uh, you know capitalist taking down takes are from black queer uh poc women femme identity identifying trans folks like it's it's not it's not the rhetoric i mean you know you look at like rose twitter dsa twitter and and stuff like that folks that are spaces that are extremely online you know we talk about this with like the new new forum for example Mm -hmm. where the um the dialogue can get extremely male and extremely white, but that's that's not a uh, a representation of of what the the movements are actually of. It's a representation of who happens to be online <laughs> the most. Yeah, and um and you know and, and to that end, to that end, I've um I've seen uh I've commented on um friends who uh who are hillary folks and um who i know we've had very strong and uh and um uh considerate and thoughtful and And constructive um, constructive conversations about the the, uh, about clinton's campaign about the 2016 democratic primary and then you know uh as a person who's because i because even in that i know i recognize that i'm critiquing from the left of hillary um i then get hillary supporting men character attacking on a woman's status and and so my point here is that the idea that um the uh these conversations get cow like cowtailed and overtaken by male voices is is not just a socialism issue it's a whole left issue it's a whole it's a whole world issue and 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 while you know i i do think that the far left really needs to take our um you know, our marginalized voices and involve them and, and, and make them the the voices that are really starting to define where the uh, the lines lie of of what socialism needs to do and, and what kind of um, programs that we need to be working on. Um, but the most imp- interesting things that I've been read- hearing about from Radio Dispatch, for example, that's hosted by a awesome socialist woman, very nuanced takes, um, is recognizing that the um, the campaigns that did the best uh, in across the nation in these small towns in, in Minnesota in uh, in Iowa in Virginia you know the the um, the trans woman that was elected over the man that uh, co-authored the bathroom bill yeah she was running on an infrastructure mostly policy-based platform a very socialist one in fact and there were a lot of socialists that were elected to office and you know there were a lot of center-left folks that were also elected to office the idea of the of how the dems did in these elections does probably say more a lot uh more of just a risk like a resistance to um the right and to trump and things like that um but but the things that really the the elections that really kind of took the uh, took those areas by storm that really kind of um, toppled uh, in, insurgent no 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 what's the word I'm looking for uh, ba, ba, ba. you know what I'm talking about though right 
mm-hmm. incumbent. Yeah, yeah, insurgent. Um, <laughs> were uh, were folks whose campaigns were rooted mostly in policy. And I, I think that that um, is a really important thing that we need to take going forward. And I, I think that we can ha- we should we should work for both things. We should vault marginalized voices, but also like really consider the policy that we're trying to enact because, you know, I mean, that's that's really where we're going to start seeing a change in society is the policy that we're trying to put forth. Yeah. Yeah. I just hit a wall. I'm really tired. Yeah. My only thought on the disagreeing in public thing is I apologize to anybody that's friends with me on Facebook, but I really appreciate the uh, democracy of the internet and being able to hear other people's opinions. And even though I can get like, I can get fiery, I try really hard to not insult anyone. And I try really hard to mm. like. Well, I mean, in, you don't do that well at that. I mean, the I I think I like to I keep away from character ac- attacks. That's true. Yeah, that's my line. Yeah. But I I think that you know some of the best conversations I've ever had were are with people that I don't necessarily agree with. Yeah. No, I think um. I think I'm getting to a point where I'm just getting more and more tired of facebook just because yeah i um i have a real issue with discourse that is not constructive for sure and um that's honestly what most conversation that i'm finding on facebook it's generally really condescending when someone like if if I've if I voice a dissenting opinion or ask a question, it's generally meant with extreme condescension. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just you know, as someone who appreciates constructive discourse, and someone who, if I have a question, I want to I I want it answered, and I don't want my intelligence questioned in the in the process. Yep. I I'm just getting really tired of it. But at the same time, if I see something that I disagree with and I see something that I have a legitimate question about, I I don't want to feel like I can't ask it. Mm-hmm. And I'm finding more and more that I I regret asking the questions I have. Yeah. So I'm I've I feel I'm I'm feeling tempted to move away from that platform just because there's just a lot of negativity. There's For a lot sure. of there's a lot of holier than thou bullshit bullshit that i am really sick of mm-hmm. um so i don't know i i would like there to i would like to live in a world where you know i can have an you know have an opinion and not be treated like an idiot cuz i'm not i'm like really goddamn smart yeah you are <laughs> uh so that's my thought on disagreeing in public is that I'm tired of being treated like I'm an idiot cool well 50 minutes we did it 
We got there. We got there. Thank you all so much for listening. I've been Daniel Johansson. I continue to be Maureen Smith. If you want to keep up with what we are up to, there are so many ways that you can do that. You can head over to scopymag.com. That's our website. We post all of our articles there. We've had some really exciting stuff go up over the last couple weeks, in the last week even. Um, we've started our, uh, like I was mentioning in uh, in in the uh, episode we've started our project of of kind of going through our past episodes and and creating a textual archive and so that's exciting we started that with a fletcher pearson uh profile really great uh person uh runs the some small magic podcast um check out more of the podcast too uh our last episode with audrey q snyder was super fucking fun we had a blast um Besides that, I mean, uh, a couple new articles about, uh, like I mentioned, the Second City Workers Union. Check that out. Um, otherwise, you can keep up with us on all of these social media places. On Facebook, that's under Scopy Magazine. Head over there and check out our Bean event that we're really proud of. Uh, otherwise, you can head over to the other <laughs> social media places on Instagram, Twitter, Tumblr, Google Play, Radio Public, and iTunes Podcasts. We are under Scopy Mag. We spell that S C A P I. M-A-G. And as always, I'm here to emphasize the importance of donations. We run on a shoestring budget. Everything that we've been able to do up to this point has been through your generosity. So first of all, thank you so much. Second of all, we could use a little bit more help. If you're in a position to give, you can head to our website, scopymag.com. Go to our About section. There are a couple ways that you can give. First is you can do a one-time donation. If you choose to do that, you will have our eternal gratitude. If you choose to give on a monthly level, some cool things will happen. <coughs> First of all, our next two donors at any level will, re- will receive a free bag of half-wit coffee. At $10 a month, you'll receive one free session per month of studio photography with Daniel in our space. And at $25 a month, you'll be a part of our affiliate program. We appreciate... Ah, boy. Keep messing that up. That's okay. Uh, You'll be a part of our affiliate program. We believe that such generosity during this time deserves recognition, so our affiliates will be featured on our website with a link to their website or social media as a means of advertisement, and we'll receive a Scopy affiliate window sticker so give a little give a lot and if you can't give then listen participate and share cool thanks again so much for listening (laughs) go out and make something yep